guys, welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the podcast, we sit down with Jordan McCrary of the popular health, wellness, self-care, and natural hair blog and YouTube, Juices and Berries. On this episode, she shares her journey to wellness, which includes weight loss, battling a lupus diagnosis, working on her gut microbiome, and radical self-care. We have a deep discussion and learn about the origins of self-care, moving through anger, and truly loving your whole self. Jordan attended UCLA, where she obtained her Bachelor's of Science in Psychobiology, then later her Project Management Professional Credential. Jordan now works to blend her years of experience professionally managing projects with her passion of helping women of color embrace their natural selves. Jordan has been featured in many established online publications such as Huffington Post, Curlbox, and Afropunk. We really appreciate Jordan for openly and honestly sharing her story, and we are so excited for you to hear the conversation. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you have listened to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and have been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. Mm. I have used it consistently through the entire winter and it's the first year of my life that I did not contract one head cold or sinus infection. Um, It's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since Propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ-fighting properties. What about you? I love the Propolis so much too, especially as somebody who always got strep throat and throat infections. It has it has actually changed my life yeah. completely. But with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. Bee Chill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to try the Propolis or Bee Chill Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15% off your Beekeepers Naturals order by using the code COURAGEOUSWELLNESS, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash courageouswellness. And you can also find the direct link in our show notes. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So to start off, we'd like to um, ask you about a little bit about your personal journey and 
in wellness and what that sort of means to you and how you came to that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just kind of starting there and sharing a little bit about that. Yeah, so my journey to wellness started pretty early on. I knew I wanted to work in healthcare and sort of help people. That was really my motivation, but I didn't really know how to really help myself or what wellness really meant for me. So I went to UCLA, I studied psychobiology because I wanted to go to medical school. Mm-hmm. And then once I graduated, I was, you know, working and going to school part-time and really just trying to do what I felt would bring me success. But at the whole, even though I'm working in healthcare, I'm still like eating pizza all the time and hamburgers. And I'd go to staff meetings and we'd, you know, pig out on stuff. So I ended up in the hospital. Just one day, my heart started hurting. I ended up with pericarditis, wow. which was um, just a complication from my autoimmune condition, lupus, that I didn't even know that I had. Mm. So I just became really sick almost overnight. And throughout that time, well, I had already like went natural and was experimenting with my hair and just kind of like unlearning a lot of just beauty standards that didn't really resonate with me. Mm. So I was really open to exploring what that whole natural side of healing was about. Mm -hmm. So after I got out of the hospital, I was on all these pain medications and steroids and ended up gaining like 40 pounds, Mm. you know, because I was dealing with a heart condition, I couldn't really exercise and do all the things. So it was kind of like the universe's way of being like, sit down and face your shit. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So that's when I discovered meditation just on a whim. I was walking past the Hammer Museum and they had a mindfulness meditation that I kind of sat in. And for the first time, I just wanted to go in there and just kind of take a nap, you know, while I was at work. But (laughs) I remember coming out, everything being the same, but I being totally different. Wow. You know, just the trees were greener. Like, my work wasn't as soul-crushing. And I was like, there's something to this, you know, emotional and mental component of wellness that I Mm -hmm. should explore. And so once I started doing that, I kind of also started navigating, like, the natural, holistic approach to health. So... I got into herbs, I got really into juicing because I have like an extremist personality. (laughs) So it's not just, I'll just do it. No, I was like juicing every day and eating raw foods and Mm. really thinking that that was the healthiest thing. Mm. Um, And it worked really well because I had a lot of things that I needed to detox. Mm -hmm. So I felt amazing doing that and um, slowly but surely started to get my health back. But then um, I had another flare up in the midst of um, you know, things changing around in my life. Like I quit my job and started my self-care blog that originally was just about hair, but started to encompass a lot of these things that I was learning, um, as far as what self-care means. Mm -hmm. Um, but even doing that, even feeling like I'm walking and living in my purpose, I still had another flare up Mm -hmm. and it was just like, I still am missing something to this equation. And that's when my friend turned me on to the microbiome diet, um, which was really about the relationship between our microbiomes and inflammation in yeah. our bodies and eating to restore the lining in the gut and how yeah. it affects your mood and everything. So that was a huge... Um, I wasn't in a place where I was really ready to accept all the things because I was yeah. still kind of indoctrinated with like the plant-based lifestyle stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of had to surrender to that process because what I was doing clearly was not working yeah. in its in totality. Um, So I started incorporating those principles and noticed that 
everything, my skin, my moods would just, they were improving as well. And I was able to show up easier in my work and what I was doing. And it just gave me that kind of confidence because when you're doing like holistic health stuff, it's very airy, fairy, mm -hmm. you know, eating to raise your frequency. Like, what does that <laughs> necessarily mean? Yeah. You know, so it really just kind of like grounded me in science and that was really important and then another turning point was really um starting my meditation teacher training wow and understanding the relationship between our subconscious minds uh -huh. and our beliefs that we have about ourselves and how we will continue to play them out regardless of what we consciously say we want to do mm. and so establishing a practice with meditation and with breath work to kind of overcome a lot of my own limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging tendencies and you know journaling just to kind of you know work through a lot of those things and luckily for me my supporters are just here for it all you know yeah. if I'm balancing my hormones and I'm trying these herbs they're just like yes we want to know more or <laughs> if I'm getting off of birth control and I'm trying to reclaim you know the natural rhythmic cycles that mm -hmm. we as women have and allowing space for rest and rejuvenation and all these things that self-care encompasses I'm just so grateful to be in a position to not only make this my life's work but to inspire other people to do what's best for them yeah that's incredible that's so I mean you have so much like, <laughs> <laughs> like where do I want to start yeah, yeah I think you know lupus and these autoimmune conditions they can be so um debilitating 100%. so yeah you know can you for anybody listening who doesn't know what lupus is maybe can you share a little bit about what that is and and where you're at now in your journey through all of your healing as yeah. well um so I really try not to say I have lupus like mm -hmm. I received an unofficial diagnosis a couple of years ago mm -hmm. Okay. And I receive, and I periodically experience the symptoms, which for me show up as just like inflammation. Mm -hmm. So the first time it was like the inflammation of my heart sac, which mm -hmm. is the pericardium, which was so painful yeah. and just like just feeling like you didn't have any control. But the upside of that, I had like an out of body experience that made me realize like, okay, this is just there's more to it than just like your body mm. so there's definitely gifts that come from those intense mm -hmm. periods of like suffering absolutely absolutely <laughs> um, but, yeah but lupus is an autoimmune um disorder where your body thinks that um certain parts of like your immune system thinks that your body is a foreign invader mm -hmm. and so in a way to protect itself it starts to attack and send antigens and things to the, the, the particular part of your body where it thinks an invader is mm. and that results in like inflammation right. and inflammation is what we're starting to see is like the root cause of a lot of disease of most chronic illness right? most chronic yeah. illness is just you know chronic inflammation and sometimes your bot your bot your immune system can be set off by the food that you eat or just being under stress yeah. or and your body doesn't differentiate between good stress you know the type of stress that comes when you get a great new job or yeah. you're planning a wedding or something right. or the bad stress where it's like you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from yeah right. so I felt or for me what has really worked is eliminating inflammatory foods or just like reducing them and what I've learned is our inflammatory foods are like processed foods, gluten, mm -hmm. in some cases dairy, mm -hmm. um, sugar. Those are really huge triggers for me that I kind of just have to, 
you know, eat sparingly yeah. and, um, yeah, managing my stress levels yeah. and really being able to dissociate from the story that my mind is trying to tell about the things that are happening in my life so that I'm not getting on the stress train to crazy town, you know? Yeah. I think that's so powerful. And it's interesting, you know, speaking to you, you're a young woman, yeah. you know, you look like the epitome of health <laughs> and... I know I sort of had a similar experience when I was like dealing with the cancer stuff and mm -hmm. I felt at that point I felt great. Like I didn't feel like yeah. I wasn't sick. It was sort of a different thing because with autoimmune, you have a lot of, like you said, the inflammation, and, yeah. but it's like, how is my body allowing this? Like I'm healthy, but yeah. there's so, what you're saying is that there's so many components to what that actually means. Mm -hmm. And I know more and more young people too in our generation are suffering from chronic um, autoimmune or I, I was thinking, you know, there's on the, out of the top of my head, like five friends that I know who are all around the age of probably between 28 and 35 now that have had cancer mm. of my friends. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or people I work with. Yeah. And I'm like, that's wild. That's and yeah. so just, but that there's so many, like, I love that you're talking about there's so many components because it's not, yeah, I think what we eat, what we put in our bodies, what we do with our bodies is such a huge component, but stress mm -hmm. is sort of that like missing piece that we don't think about, mm -hmm. um, in the same way. And that like your mindfulness practice and your meditation sounds like it led to a huge component of your sort of like healing in that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding like the hormones of stress that your body releases yes. can set off like a whole chemical cascade that could lead to cancer. And it's not that it's your fault. No. It's right. just that, you know, that's kind of the way that we've been trained or we've been modeled mm -hmm. as far as like how to just deal. Yeah. You know? And I feel like it's interesting because the autoimmune conversation, it's affecting a lot of people that are young, but it's mainly affecting women. Yeah. Like we're the ones who are really coming down with these debilitating, you know, autoimmune conditions, even though we're like, like you said, the picture of health, we're drinking juice, we're going to yoga, we're doing all the things, but it's not, I feel like it's harder for women because there's certain times where we really do have to just be like, yeah. we're not really here to be doing all the time. And yeah. that's what a patriarchal society rewards is like how much you produce yeah. is yeah. how much you're worth. Yeah. And that is just fundamentally not true. And it's so damaging when women are trying to like continue to push, push, push and do that. Like your body just gets thrown out of whack. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so many people too, you know, even if they haven't been officially diagnosed, right, just live in pain and live feeling unwell. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if they have a diagnosis, I know I have a very close um, family friend who has lupus and her, uh, her family doesn't believe it. You know, it's just, they, they're like, no, you just need to like man up. Right. Like again, this like patriarchal culture, but like man up, like yeah. just, you're just like, yeah, take a Tylenol. Like they just don't understand. Well, they really should be saying like, you need to give yourself some compassion. Exactly. You need to give yourself some love because I think of the emotional underpinning for why I came down with it was just not really feeling worthy, yeah. wanting to give up, and but feeling like I had to keep pushing, but subconsciously just not really feeling like, 
you know, worthy or deserving of my own unconditional love. Yeah. And it's it's like, what's gonna, you know, we did a great episode, um, in the beginning of the year with nutritionist Robert Yang. And it actually, the whole episode is about gut health, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, I know you mentioned the The microbiome, microbiome. but he gave this great analogy of a bucket that I think about now all the time. And he's like, we all have this bucket that we can only fill to a certain point before mm-hmm. it's going to overflow, right? So it's like maybe that last drop of stress is what's going to overflow you to lupus or to cancer or yeah. whatever. And like you said, it's like we it, it, it can sometimes feel so unfair. Like, well, I can't control this traumatic thing that's happening to me or I can't control the stress of, you know, putting food on my table for my kids or whatever it may be. But that's why he said, before your bucket overflows, you need to have these self-care or meditation or some sort of practice Mm -hmm. so that when your bucket your bucket isn't gonna overflow because it might get to the tippy 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 top, but you're you're meditating, Mm -hmm. you're you're walking in nature, right? Like it doesn't have to be expensive, which you did a great blog post on this as well. But it's like self-care can be free. It sometimes can just be about taking the time. Yeah, to replenish and just it brings up the whole autonomic nervous system, Mm -hmm. like the sympathetic versus the parasympathetic, the fight or flight versus the rest and digest. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things that put you in that restorative place of you know, the rest and digest, the parasympathetic um, nervous system is just like meditation. It's Mm -hmm. being in nature. It's feeling a sense of oneness, you know, and allowing your ego boundaries to collapse long enough to realize that you're okay and to be in the flow of life. You Mm -hmm. know, that's so much more healing and so restorative. And it's not a a pill. It's not a powder. It's not anything. It's just surrendering to the fact that, like, there is unconditional love out there and we just choose to tap into it. Yeah. Yeah. And that we have it within ourselves. Like, I think that's something that you touched on. And that's such a journey. And it's not, like, all of a sudden one day click but what does happen I think is like if if you choose to go on the journey yeah which that, we're all on the journey exactly yeah, so whether journey. we really choose it exactly I don't know just it's being just, alive we're just here yeah I, I, exactly yeah. If you, I mean I guess if you choose to wake up to the fact yes. that it's a part of your life or, Love that. or not but um it's not like all of a sudden you're like oh I get it I need to love myself boom that happens <laughs> but it's like once you create the awareness then you can work on it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like in the act of working on it too that like creates, I don't know, but more openness to the fact that like it it's not limited. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a finite amount. And that goes to like, I was thinking about that the other day. It's not, it's not like a finite amount of love out there. There's not a fine, like we create that, yeah. right? So it's not like, Oh, I give all my love to you and I have none to give to you. It's mm-hmm. like, that's not the way it works. Or mm-hmm. I give all my love to you and I have none to give my, to myself either. Yeah. It's like, we need to fuel ourselves and love ourselves so that we can have the capacity to love even more and love other people. 100%. Absolutely. So yeah. it's really, it's amazing. And I love the way that you speak holistically about it. And it's like that it's a whole package. It's, it's not whole, just yeah. like physical. And that's what we talk about a lot on the show. It's not just a physical journey, this wellness idea. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Yeah. 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 So you went through this experience and you, you kind of got to this place where you decided to share about like going natural with your hair, but yeah. then from this, a blog 
was created. Yeah. And then as your sort of experience expanded other aspects of your life, you started to share on your blog as well. So when is, when was the point that you realized that this was going to be your, you called it your life's work before? When Mm. was the point that you were like, Hey, I really want to devote myself to having this be like a primary part of my life, this sort of wellness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it was, I was working as like a clinical research trial manager. So I was working with women who had diabetes and I was trying to get them to, you know, create like an action plan to help them. Cause it's a, you die, it's like a self-management disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like your doctor is not going to be there every day to slap the Oreos out of your hand. Yeah. Like you have to <laughs> yeah. you know, do that. And I remember I was like at this community center, I was giving them this whole presentation and then they like went across the street and like went to McDonald's and came back and it was just like feeling so defeated. But then I saw them just like on their phone and just like internalizing all this information. And I'm like, that's where I need to get people like Mm. from like, that's where people are paying more of their attention. Mm -hmm. And so I went to work at an advertising agency because I wanted to learn more about like digital media and how you know, these stories are created because like programming and repetition is very real Mm -hmm. and can affect our, you know, the way that we behave. And once I saw like in how influencer marketing worked and that there was like a a very viable um, revenue stream that is being poured into people who are creating digital content, I was like, oh, well, I could do that. And I kind of already am doing that. So it was just like these two like aha moments that made me just like be okay with doubling down on it. Mm, Even though no one really understood or got it or people or not really no one because there were people that were definitely supportive. I just like knew that the work would be impactful and I would feel so fulfilled doing it. Yeah. It's like when passion becomes mission. And I'm sure, you know, with your whole community, I'm sure you see and hear so much about what's going on, right, in the everyday lives of so many people in your community. And how do you, how are you able, you know, I'm sure it can be so hard not to like internalize, right? Like the stress of social media or even just like the care and love you have for the people who are following you and keeping up with you, you know, if they're suffering or if they're struggling. How do you find, like, your happiness and your, like, self-care mm-hmm. in a very public world? Because mm-hmm. I think that can be, yeah. even if you're not public, right, you know, um, I'm definitely a highly sensitive person. So yeah. if people in my environment are suffering, it can be really hard for me to detach from that. Mm. Um, so, you know, you're constantly inundated with so many other people's experiences. So mm. how, do you, how do you manage your own self-care amidst all that? Yeah, I think just like having a daily practice that mm-hmm. I just commit to, you know, and showing up for myself and then from there, you know, recognizing that other people's emotions and their experiences are not inherently bad or good. They're yeah. just what they kind of have to go through. And, mm-hmm. you know, the story that they tell themselves about the things that are happening is very real and very valid. And I want to hold space for that. But at the end of the day, I'm not responsible. You know, <laughs> right. like, I don't Yeah. You know, I just love that we're able to have these conversations because with a lot of black women, we feel, at least I felt the need to portray myself as perfect and Mm. to just only focus on, you know, things that are very surface because, 
you don't need to be putting all of your you know business kind of like on front street mm. you know and this whole need to just present this like facade and really being like I don't have to do that because we're all human we're all going on this journey too yeah and I think seeing other women do that and being so open and vulnerable and realizing that that's like a really beautiful feminine quality to have yeah and to really it just is. admire that and you know subconsciously giving other women the permission and the courage to do the same thing I think it's just so beautiful yeah so I don't know like when I hear other people telling me their story about it I'm holding space for them mm -hmm. and just like affirming everything that they're saying and where they're at and just you know if they don't want my opinion and my advice like being able to give it but just from a place of girl I don't really know anything <laughs> but this yeah. is what I've experienced yeah you know I feel like it just like brings us closer together even yeah. if it is under you know stressful circumstances no yeah. of course and so you mentioned right your self-care your daily practice mm -hmm. is so important so 100%. what what does that look like what is your daily practice yeah I have like a morning routine video where I talked about just like waking up brushing my teeth scraping my tongue mm -hmm. um then like doing my meditation setting my intentions you know feeling those elevated emotions and just like really honing in on that mm. maybe some breath work and then just you know making myself some tea and like writing in my journal and mm. just having that time of like reflection and pouring into myself it's I love that awesome. yeah. and I love a big journaler I am journaling yeah. yeah journaling and therapy changed my life honestly mm. like I, I mean I started therapy before I started journaling mm -hmm. <laughs> but I feel like and actually when I look back at my I started journaling in college I actually journaled all four years of college and I'd never journaled before and I, I didn't journal after mm -hmm. but when I read those journals back I almost feel like I was like I was like lying to myself right it was like this like everything's okay I'm oh struggling but <laughs> you know this is happening but it's all gonna be okay yeah and I read them back and I'm like, what? That's just not the truth. <laughs> but, um, you know, my therapist actually encouraged me. She's like, you don't have to read your journals back. So just pour everything into those pages. Yeah. And I started doing that. And it is like the biggest release mm -hmm. of my entire life. I mean, you journal as well. Yeah. So I'm sure you, you feel the same way. But it's like when I'm angry and I'm sad and I'm crying. And I just like, or even ha I just, I put everything on those pages <laughs> And then it's just not living inside me anymore. Oh, and I, I feel I feel so much yeah. calmer. But I have since read, I, I started last year, so I have a whole year, 2018's worth of journal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's not that bad to read. Like, you know, I don't have to read it back, but I, I'm so glad that I'm able to be so raw and real and honest yeah. with myself now. So it's made the world of a difference for and sure. And I think like going back and reading those entries is just a good time to just offer yourself some compassion exactly. and to recognize your growth and give yourself like a pat on the back. <laughs> like, see girl, you didn't yeah. really need that dusty dude anyway. Yeah, you, you made know? it through. You're fine. Yeah. Look at you in a better place. And it's like you made it through to the other side. Yeah. You know, it's so, um, yeah. to celebrate yourself and your wins. It's so important. Yeah. yeah. I think when you're going through it, it feels like it's never going to end ever but it it does right it does. and I think our yeah. like memories it's like they say you know it's like they say why people have like five kids is because like you forget how painful childbirth was right. it's it's like, like you have a hormonal response to me but I, forget. I yeah. feel like we do that with our lives right it's like to be a woman who is alive today you know I'm 30 so it's like to be a 30 year old woman I've been through a lot of really tough stuff mm -hmm. and but you 
you, you, when you, every time you get through, it's like your brain is like, you know, it's like you've been through hard stuff before, you'll go through hard stuff again. Um, you're going to get through. And so I think that's why having community, even if it's in real life is so important, but also finding Instagram accounts or things that like lift you up is Mm -hmm. so important because you're going to get through. Yeah. We're all going to get through. (laughs) We are. How would you say, so something that comes up a lot for us as we like dive more into this sort of wellness world, especially from like a commercial aspect or see like, you know, like the sales that happen. You talked a little bit th- about this in a blog post and I was like, oh, it's really interesting. Um, especially like in the self-care kind of sector, mm-hmm. I, you know, you, you refer to in this post that like in the sixties and seventies, self-care was something that was like created within like the black female community mm-hmm. because of like, for obvious reasons, but like Racism, oppression, sexism, all, all the sort of things that yeah. needed to happen. And now, as many things do, um, when people start selling things, yeah. sometimes terms are co-opted. Um, and I think that just happens a lot with money, right? Like when it comes down to like capitalist sort of yeah. systems and <laughs> patriarchal systems, you know? Mm-hmm. So... How would you say that, like, you want to, you know, bringing light to that was really cool. It was something that, like, I didn't know about, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes so much sense, but it opened my eyes to that. And I, how would you say that, like, on your platform, especially with you in this wellness world and being sort of, like, a leader to the community and the platform that you've created, Uh what are some of the things that kind of go along with that or yeah. maybe something entirely different that you find are really important to sort of bring to light. Yeah. So I think the blog post that you're referring to is why self-care is so important for black women. Yes. And self-care was a term that was popularized by Audre Lord, who was a black feminist. And it was really born out of the fact that, you know, we had this like black power movement that was really focused on like black men and getting them into spaces. Mm -hmm. And then there was a feminist movement that really focused on the issues that like white women kind of had. Yeah. So there were like a bunch of women that were just kind of like left out and our Mm -hmm. interests just were not really being, you know, brought to the forefront. And, you know, her work, she was just like such an activist on the front lines ready to sacrifice and be the strong black woman and then she came to this really profound realization that the most radical thing you could do in a society that like profits off your oppression whether that be racism sexism whatever ism is to prioritize your happiness Mm -hmm. and your pleasure and to be the happiest healthiest version of yourself and so she came up with self-care as a way to get black women to pour into themselves Mm, yeah because again your happiness is like oh that that is a radical tool yeah i just got like goosebumps (laughs) carrying that yeah yeah. and like when i came across it i was like yo like that's why i I say i'm radical self-care because my joy my happiness like my ancestors are living yes. through me and they get to experience that too, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so like letting go of like the resentment that I had for, you know, white women and feeling like mm-hmm. they didn't have to struggle to get to yeah. where they are. I'm just being like, no, it's not about them. It's not, it's about me mm-hmm. and about mm-hmm. prioritizing and feeling like it's okay. And to have that permission, yeah. you know, it's so important because all the things that are happening in our community and women feeling like they have to be the ones to, 
you know, not only care for themselves, but because they're being left by themselves to care for their kids and like yeah. all these really things that are just really messed up and are byproducts of hundreds and hundreds yeah. of years of systematic oppression, yes. you know, to pick yourself up at the end of the day and say, I'm going to take a bath, I'm going to write in my journal and I'm going to feel good in spite of what's happening mm-hmm. around me and like internalize my own like pleasure is like the most radical thing that I feel like I could do. Absolutely. And yeah. and I think it is like, and it can seem so right when you're in the mud and you're just in it yeah. to be like, I'm going to go take care of myself. That can seem so the opposite of what you should be yeah. doing. Right. Cause again, we're trained right in the society to do more, to be more, to mm-hmm. be busier, to be mad, to exactly. be angry, to rage against the system. Exactly. But that anger is not hurting white supremacy you're just hurting yourself being mad yeah Yeah. like you and it's not that righteous anger isn't warranted because you we have a right to be mad absolutely to channel that but channel that in or at least i'm learning to channel that into ways that are constructive you know so it's like yes i'm angry but let me channel that into a blog post or into a video or let me find what was the first time i felt this this injustice Mm -hmm. this sting of oppression and just work to heal my inner child who feels like no one cares yeah you know let me take that as an opportunity to pour into myself yeah and to become that's that's amazing (laughs) yeah yeah and happiness right like to be truly absolutely like happy as you are with who you are that's the most courageous and like that's the most incredible thing you can do for yourself and for the world Mm -hmm. and it's so it's so hard it's so yeah. it's so necessary, but it, it's so hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's I mean, it's really amazing. I love that you call it like radical self care because yeah. it is an act. It is a radical yeah. Act. It's a it's a it's a, a political act, act. Yeah. and that's really cool. Yeah, that's why she was saying self love is like an act of political warfare. Yeah, you know when you're in it is. You know the because no one can take it from you. Too. Nope, and no, no one, one decides mm-hmm. except you. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing. And it's really empowering. Yeah, 100%. Because when you realize, like, you have a choice, like, that's empowerment. When you don't feel like you have to do this. And I feel like there's so many times when I felt like this was, like, my only option. But empowerment is realizing I have a myriad of options. Mm -hmm. The whole world is at my fingertips. And just, like, once you open up your consciousness and expand to the point where you feel like you have choices, mm-hmm. now you can move in ways that are actually beneficial to you versus just taking whatever, you know, you can get from a society that doesn't even care about you in the first place. And, <laughs> and you can illuminate others. You know, one of my favorite quotes is like, when you shine like the sun, you mm-hmm. illuminate everything around you. And I think about that all the time when you're in the hate and the mud and which is we all go to and you have to go to yeah you gotta get into your shadow you have to you have to do you there has to one cannot exist without the other yeah absolutely but and we actually just did an episode recently with um uh, Dr. Britta Bishnell, and it's really all about like transition, and she does it in the focus of the childbirth transition and process for both for both like the mother giving birth but also for anybody else like a partner or that's involved in it yeah. or like if it's a family unit what that transition is like mm. it's all about life transitions but her PhD is actually in mythology Ooh. and in storytelling and it just sort of reminds me yeah. what you guys are talking about where I it just blew my mind this episode but 
that even our fairy tales are so sanitized. Yeah. And it's like, if you go back to the root of the story of a lot of these fairy tales, they're really dark. Yeah. They're really <laughs> dark. Like, yeah. they're not what we would, like, tell four-year-olds yeah. or seven-year-olds. Yeah. And, but they were dark for a reason. And because that's a part of the human existence, right? You're talking about, like, you have to. It's okay. And not only okay, it's, it's there's, like, a level of, needing to go to that place of anger or needing to sort of like tap into the dark but then how you channel it and what you do with that and is like the counterpart to that and that when we erase the idea of like that darkness or that anger or whatever that can come up like you're talking about like the shadow work Mm -hmm. it it makes everybody feel like that part of themselves which exists in everybody shouldn't be there Mm -hmm. that there's something wrong with it yeah and it's like we teach it when we sanitize our 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 you know Mm. or show our highlight reel or or whatever right it's like it makes people think that or like even children growing up that there's something wrong to have those darker feelings but like in fact or to just be sad yeah it's a a human human being Mm -hmm. but to not like punish yourself for those things because they do exist, but it's like, do we live in them? Do we heal them? Do we, you know, what yeah. do we do with it? It's like, how are you transmuting that? And exactly. I think that's like the alchemy in all of it is taking those dark emotions, exploring them, and then transmuting them into something that's beneficial. I love the story about you seeing the women on the phone um, outside McDonald's. Yeah. That's so cool. And you're like, <laughs> that's the way I'm going to get in. Yeah. And because it's like, instead of just like living in the defeat, being like, no, 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 there's a way to do this. Yeah. And now you have this huge platform. <laughs> and like, you think about how many more people yeah. that you can kind of influence because of that. Totally. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, you, um, you also, in your work, um, you talk a lot about Ayurveda, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so I wanted to also touch on how has Ayurveda influenced mm-hmm. you and why should people learn about Ayurveda because I'm so interested in it and I don't know as much as I want to know. Um, So maybe you could touch on that as well. Yeah. So I discovered Ayurveda, I want to say like four or five years ago Mm -hmm. when I was like knee deep in my autoimmune issues and just really looking for relief. And I found Ayurveda and it's just a practice that reminds us to self-care on a daily basis and so you take like a survey and they give you your constitution and they and you kind of like come up with a self-care regimen that's like specifically tailored to bring you back into balance mm. because that's what Ayurveda is about is like using everything in the environment is medicine and can be used to bring your body back into balance mm. whether that's a warm bath or a massage or you know just the breath mm-hmm. you know and I just I just loved how holistic it was um and my friend, shout out to Huala Mama, Adrian. She's an Ayurvedic practitioner. And I had a consultation with her. And at the time, I was, like, eating so much raw and, you know, trying to cleanse myself. And mm-hmm. she was like, you don't need to cleanse. Like, let's just focus on, like, balance. And mm-hmm. just kind of getting me out of that mode of feeling like I had to just continuously detox. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you just need to find a lifestyle that's supporting and encouraging you to continue to heal and to rest and to rejuvenate Mm. and so that's really what I love about Ayurveda and also there's a whole host of like herbs that Ayurveda Mm -hmm. kind of recommends especially for hair which Mm. is so exciting 
because I'm so passionate about natural hair. So discovering all of the herbs like amla, shikai kai, henna, and just like making my these really cool like clay masks and hair masks. It's just like so fun. It's just an, a huge well of information. Yeah, I thought that was so cool when you were like um, Ayurveda for natural hair. Yeah, and was, I had like I was like reading and I was like, this is so amazing, right? Yeah. So. You yeah, live. and it's a practice that's like ancient. It's right? an ancient thousands practice. and thousands of years. Yeah. Ago. So and I read that had be onto something. <laughs> you you um, wrote that your vata is your dosha is vata, right? Vata pitta. Vata, vata pitta. pitta. Yeah. I'm vata pitta when oh, nice. I did. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned you need to have lots of warm mm-hmm. grounding foods, and you were eating the raw, the raw, raw. The wet. Yeah. 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 So I think that's really cool. It's just like little nuggets that we can learn more about ourselves, yeah. and then, yeah. and then you know, apply to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's the thing, you know. Everybody is so individual as well, right? So it works for one person, exactly. might not work for another. So you could be on this like great raw food diet that's working for one yeah. person, but then you might need warming foods. Yeah, or... like if you're someone who's like kapha, which is like a dense, so it kind of is associated with the four elements. Mm-hmm. So vata, pitta, it's like the water, or actually it's like air and like fire energy Mm -hmm. and then kapha is like earth and water so they're like more dense and slow so them incorporating more roughage more things that are going to get their digestive fibers kind of flowing is beneficial i have kapha for sure Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. no i i've done it once it's a combo i think it's kapha Kapha, 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 Pitta. Pitta. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're fire. She's a triple Aries. No way. <laughs> yeah. She's How a is lot that? of fire. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I have nothing to compare it to. <laughs> She's wow. fire. What's wow. your, what are your, do you know your signs? Yeah, so I'm a Sagittarius sun, okay. Aquarius moon. Same Aquarius moon? I'm an Aquarius moon too. I love it. Yeah. And um, uh, Pisces rising. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. My husband is a Sagittarius. And oh, so nice. I think I love Sagittarius. Sagittarius they're is... the easiest for Aries to get along with. Oh, yeah, because they're both fire. <laughs> yeah. So it's we're just, just like, like, yeah, you're fine. I'm fine. Like, it's like <laughs> yeah. No. I started apologizing to people when I found out that I was a triple Aries <laughs> like, in my life. Like, Hi, I love you. Sorry, I got it now. I understand. It was me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm yeah. air. I'm a Libra sun, so I'm like, and I'm an Aquarius moon, so I have oh, a lot of air. What do you do? I'm, your... I'm Capricorn, so I have some Earth, which gives so me a little yeah. bit of ground. You're, you're Libra sun, sun, Capricorn rising, rising Aquarius moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. lots of air though. Yeah, so. we like yeah. balance each other a little bit. Air and fire is good together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You feel the fire. Yeah. 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 I do. Um, I love it. It's always fun. We always do like, not always, but sometimes we get into like little uh, astrology tangents. Well, because it's real. And again, it's you know, oh, it's so real. Like it, it is. When I learned about like the north and south nodes. Uh-huh. Like, oh, Sam. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like my north node is in Aquarius mm-hmm. and it's in the 12th house. Uh-huh. So like the north node is like what the quality that you're kind of supposed to go to if you want to grow in this lifetime, yeah. you know, up to you. And then like the house is where that area of life is you're going like to learn it. Falls in mm-hmm. your, right? Yeah. It has to do with yeah. like your karma as well, right? Yeah, and like the south node is like the stuff you should probably get away with or yeah. like get away from. And so my south node was in Leo, which is like all about you know, me, me, me. And it was in the sixth house, which is like health and wellness and Mm. stuff. And so I needed to get away from these really rigid, you know, qualities of what it means to be healthy and move towards like the subconscious and like the spiritual Piscean realm. And I'm just like, wow, 
I kind of see how when I was really rigid in terms of what I thought healthy was, yeah, that and making it about like my daily what I eat and just yeah. like all these very rigid things that I think health is and mm-hmm. kind of moving more towards like the subconscious and the emotion and like the flowing ever like spiritual Piscean nature of yeah. it all, just kind of flowing towards that. I love it. Yeah, it is. It makes me want to dive more into the houses. It is. Oh yeah, it's so fascinating. And I think it's all just like things you can add to your toolkit. And if mm-hmm. it resonates with you, that's so great. Right. And if it doesn't, you'll find something else that resonates yeah. with you. It's, yeah. But yeah. I love it. It is so. fun. It is fun. It's so <laughs> much like fun. A fun self, like a way to be self reflective. Yeah. Like, it's always amazing when it's like spot on too. Oh yeah. Like, Whoa. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's, that's why, why I'm so, shady. <laughs> so much, so much of life can be so heavy and even so much of wellness can be so heavy, right? There's yeah. so much comparison or what I should be doing or, you know, I'm an emotional eater too. So it's like, mm. you know, there's so much, yeah. there's so much like heaviness that can go along with wellness and sometimes yeah. it's fun to find stuff that's just like a little enjoyable fun, and yeah. you can just read your chart and go on the internet yeah. and, like, and I feel like we're all kind of we have like narcissistic qualities so anything <laughs> totally. where I can read about myself, myself? yeah yeah obviously <laughs> I, I think I read like a meme or something that was like you think people are looking at like your post or your page and they're like everyone's just looking at their, their own, own posts yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, all, we're all consumed with ourselves totally but um you know it just struck me when I mentioned emotional eating that you also talked about that as well. Mm-hmm. And how did you work your own way through that as well? Because it, it, it can be really challenging and yeah. I've done so much internal work with it, but it's, it is like a, an, a you know, ongoing. it's an ongoing yeah. struggle, you know, and there's times when I'm kinder to myself than others when I have those moments, but yeah, I'm, same. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I'm one of those people when I have like knowledge and I understand why yeah. mm-hmm. and what I'm doing, then the how becomes so much easier. Yeah. So I read this book and it was like The Science of Overeating mm. by David Kessler. And it was just about how companies purposely make this food as addicting as possible. Oh, yeah. In a lab. And in a lab. For the bliss point. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. In- infuriates me. Yeah. They, sorry, have like, they have like <laughs> chemists come in yeah. and think of how, and they scan your brain to literally see like where you're peaking Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how just from a young age how like you would get rewarded when there was like you know food like it's your birthday we love you you're at the height of all these motions let's give you sugar yeah you know (laughs) so it's just like you know understanding and having compassion for myself to realize how I've just been kind of set up to have this pattern Mm -hmm. and then also realizing that you know instead of sitting with these uncomfortable emotions my tendency to eat because I want to not have to feel that mm-hmm. you know exactly. and so having other practices that allow me to feel my emotions and then if I still want to eat the cupcake then just go ahead and eat, eat the, the cupcake, cupcake. Exactly. Right. Yeah. you know that's so great but because I don't think it's like trying to eliminate anything it's just trying to have more awareness around the choices that I'm making and even if I feel like I just have to do this because, like, I'm on my period and yeah. all the stories that I talk, like, okay, fine. Just yeah. can do it, you know? Yeah, it's not exactly. going to cancel anything out. But yeah. having other ways to process my emotions so that food isn't my only option yeah. was so key. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. And for anybody listening who wants to start, who maybe doesn't have a self-care practice that they really enjoy or look forward to or just has no self-care practice where would you recommend starting what's like a good starting point Mm, I mean I think 
you know, I asked people, so if you had like a million dollars, if you were just like on this island, like what would you do to fill your time? Mm. And that can be a great place to start a self-care mm. practice. It's like, oh, I would read because I love to read books. Well, mm. then, hey, you know, that's some place where you can start. Set aside 15 minutes a day to read. Yeah. Mm. Or it's like I would go to the beach and put my toes in the sand and like, you know, find some place where you can like do some grounding. Yeah. You know, I think it's just about like taking pressure, taking like money, taking survival out of the equation. Mm-hmm. What would you do that would just feed your soul mm. and make time to prioritize those things? And once you started to kind of get a hold of that, like consider adding in meditation. Yeah. There are so many apps out there. Like, I love Calm, the Mm. Unplug app, because I think, you know, understanding your belief systems, your Mm -hmm. patterns, your subconscious mind is really effective because a lot of us are just not happy with ourselves because we're continuing continuing to do the same, you know, self-destructive patterns and behaviors. So to just kind of create that space to where you can observe and understand those practices would be really beneficial. That's so great. Thank you for coming to speak with yeah, us today. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like we covered a lot of really good stuff. We ask all of our guests before you go. And you already touched on it a little bit. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you've actually mentioned, yeah, a couple different things, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you have any book recommendations that were particularly inspiring to you over the course of your journey? It could be health-related, like physical health-related. It could be meditation and spiritual, anything, or just something that, like, was a great read for you that really kind of sticks with you that you would recommend. Mm, I have so many because I love mm-hmm. to read. It's hard, it's hard to pick one. I right? talked about the microbiome diet, which is great for anyone who has chronic inflammation or just wants to lose weight and understand. I loved that book. I, I read that it book. as well. I loved, I loved it. it. I loved it. It, mm-hmm. was, it was so practical. I just, mm-hmm. give me practical. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this book called Becoming Superhuman by Joe dispensa mm. if you're kind of like a nerd psychobiology mm-hmm. wants to understand like neuron neurotransmitters and how those things really affect um mm-hmm. our state of being and consciousness and like things like that i think i would definitely recommend that book and then um the immortal life of henrietta Lacks. Okay. it's a book about um i don't know like hella cells which are the cells that are used in all of like biology and experimentation how it was developed from this black woman mm. who was in the ovarian cancer ward and it just like follows her story and the story of her children this investigative journalist wrote it it was just like a really great expose into like the healthcare industry cool oh that's so great <laughs> that sounds well, like a man thank you yeah. so much and for anybody um who wants to find you on the internet where yeah. can they find you yeah so if you want to read more of my blog posts you can go to www.imjuicesandberries.com. And then I'm also on Instagram, Juices and Berries, all one word. And then youtube.com slash Juices and Berries. That's so cool. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks yes. for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.